We're back for another episode of the DBSA Wellness Wheel Podcast. For you first-time listeners, the Wellness Wheel Podcast is a monthly podcast Hannah and I create as a companion to DBSA's new tool, the DBSA Wellness Wheel. In the podcast, we will explore each area of wellness and then interview an expert on the subject. Hey, this is Dante Freeman, Communications Manager for DBSA and the producer of the podcast you are listening to. A few times in the intro, Hannah and Maria will refer to me and you will hear my voice. We decided as a team to leave these interactions and because we thought they were relevant to the conversation about intellectual wellness. We hope you enjoy the episode. Now back to Hannah and Maria. And today we're going to talk about intellectual wellness. This is, uh, we were just talking about this. This one is, um, I said misunderstood isn't the right word, but it is more getting used to understanding it. Um, We are going to hear from an expert, Dr. Lindholm, who will teach us more about why we need intellectual wellness. Yeah, so intellectual wellness means finding work and leisure activities that stimulate and challenge our minds and help us learn new things throughout life. So this area of wellness includes our ability to problem solve and listen to others respectfully. And so if you're someone living with depression or bipolar, you know, we will all benefit from figuring out ways to engage our mind and our creativity as part of our wellness. Yeah, and now keeping up with things that inspire our creativity and curiosity is more important than ever. So to clarify the area even more um, further, the prompts that we have for this wheel are to make time to pursue um, interests and hobbies, staying curious about new opportunities and information, um, having creative outlet that helps you feel your best, and to take part in cultural or community-based activities, which is harder right now because of the pandemic, but nevertheless, Yeah. So, I mean, intellectual wellness isn't all just, I mean, I think some people might assume it's academic, Maria, right? But it's, it's more just about, yeah, creativity supporting our wellness. So how's your intellectual wellness, Maria? (laughs) how, How does that area feel for you right now? Well, I mean, as everything else on the wheel and everything else in life, it's complex. Um, I do have a strong um, creative background, you know, both from work and my personal life. I do try to stay curious about new opportunities and information, but um, sometimes uh, if I'm not feeling well, the tendency to just curl up on the couch and watch another episode of um, The Good Witch or something that numbs me out yeah. uh, can happen. Um, and I, I do this thing where like I just went to to buy macrame supplies. I want to I want a macrame. I've I've watched 100 videos on YouTube about it, and it's uh, so relaxing to watch the videos. And um, aesthetically, it's it's appealing to me. So I went and bought um, the supplies, and they are sitting in the bag on my dining room chair. So that's it's as far always as I've ends done. up like that. Sometimes I know I know the feeling. <laughs> Yeah, I can't tell you how many craft things I've started and the remnants are, you know, scattered around my house now. Yeah. Um, I have a whole empty room. Um, I'm lucky enough to have a two-bedroom apartment. And one of them is just full of all the, you know, paintings I started and 
um, other creative activities, you know, magazine, pieces of magazine, you know, the pictures that I liked. And it's full of inspiration. And, um, and now it, it houses my, um, uh, my bedding for my poor sick kitty. So uh, maybe that's a metaphor. I bet that's a metaphor. <laughs> now, that, now that I say that, out we'll loud. unpack that with the expert more. Right? She'll, she'll give us some <laughs> some interpretation. But Please. no, it can be so hard to keep up with. Yeah, it's it's a thing that requires time. You know, all these creative outlets. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I think there's when we hear creative, we you know automatically think of art or colors or whatever. And I think one of the important prompts is to take part in cultural um, or community-based activities. You know, we can't do that in person right now. I know there are a lot of um, museums and stuff that are doing virtual tours, um, which can be challenging, too, because of Zoom fatigue and just being in front of a screen um, can, um, can be tiring and, it you know, may not be motivated to do that. But... Reading um, could be something or trying, I mean, even as simple as trying um, a recipe that is of a different culture than Mm. your own Uh, or listening to music that is um, introducing yourself to new music or um, I don't know, I I still want to do a piece where I try a new recipe and listen to the uh, the, you know, the different culture, different countries um, music along with it. That's a good idea. Yeah. So, Hannah, how's your intellectual wellness? Yeah, I mean, definitely was not doing as well, you know, at the start of the pandemic. But I do think, you know, in the small opportunities we've gotten through the pandemic, an opportunity I've gotten is, yeah, to try to reapproach this area. Because I do think it's an area I've done a little bit better in recently, like really have tried to and I think it was around the time we talked to Dr. Holly Schwartz about physical uh, mm-hmm. wellness. So we started talking about routines. So I was really keen to like get something a little more routine in my life. So I do try to read every morning before I start work. And that's super helpful for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, this area is so broad that some of the things that I normally love about this area, it is hard to do right now. Like I love going to see plays. Mm-hmm. Um love going to museums um but yeah it's all just kind of different now so I do feel good about the reading routine it kind of keeps me grounded and keeps like new information and it's a good like distraction to get away from like if I'm doom scrolling too much and like get off the social media pick up a book so or Mm -hmm. watching too much news yeah I definitely try with that but but yeah I think you know it can be hard to feel motivated about that especially when you know, times are stressful. So, yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, been the interesting part of this is we all have more time now. And, you know, this summer, I don't know how many people got out. I've been meeting friends in parks and going on walks and stuff, um, you know, for my social and physical wellness. Um, but we're heading into the winter. And for some people, that means, you know, it's too cold to go out or, people may not be as motivated to put on three layers and, you know, take a walk with each other. And, uh, you know, the, the um, winter season itself, there's this, um, you want to hibernate when it's cold out. And um, so there is going to be 
actually more time um, to do some of these things or to find a way to, you know, like you're doing, you're reading. You added that to your um, your routine, and I think that's perfect. And I was I was going to ask you um, if reading meant you were looking at the news, or you know, are you reading fiction? What what type of a little bit of both? Yeah, yeah. Well, I can tend to read way too much nonfiction, and then with the state of the world, like also watching the news, <laughs> I try to. I've been trying to break up my um, my nonfiction with some fiction or some. I love memoir. I love essay. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, um, but yeah, what really helped too to get me motivated is I just got a Goodreads account, which is one of my favorite social medias because it's kind of old school. Um, like you can tell they haven't updated their website very recently. Sorry, Goodreads. Um, but I love it because my mom's also on there so I can see what she's reading. So it kind of helps me feel more connected to her during this time uh-huh. too, um, to see like, because my mom is such an avid reader, you know, she puts me to shame. She reads like three books a week. Um, so, but yeah, it was good to, to, you know, try to make that a little more of a hobby to support me. So yeah, that's been helpful. The other thing I try to do, and this one I've been not as good with is just, um, just keeping a journal more. I know that's so helpful Mm. to so many people. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so I'm not trying to shame myself that I don't write as much as I would like to, but it does definitely help get your thoughts out you know? Yeah. Um, I have been trying to do that as well. Journal slash, um, writing fiction. And I try not to shame myself for, um, like, Oh, you should have written a scene this week. Um, but instead I do some outlining on, uh, or just writing down random scenes that I see. And that's fulfilling too, when I don't shame myself into, you know, oh, this wasn't productive, or, you know, you're not getting any closer, because, you know, that self-critic is um, pretty mean. (laughs) Doesn't (laughs) help our wellness. No, it sure doesn't. It does everything against it. So that's, you know, um, you know, curiosity is a part of this. And this is what every therapist um, uh, says, well, instead of shaming, let's be curious about it. And, um, so anyway, that's, that is what I am trying. And I'm, I have been looking at um, Kindles or other electronic readers. Um, did you know that you can check out, I'm probably the last person to know this. Did you know that you can check out library books on? Yeah. Uh, I didn't Kindle. know that. Digital, yeah. How, certain, how, certain libraries. I don't know. No, oh, that's, that's true. Everywhere yet. But I think a lot of libraries switched to that. Yeah, um, which I don't understand how that works. Maybe they get so many licenses. Either way, this this isn't that podcast. But I just pointing out that there's so many different um, ways to go about this now. You know, now that you can't actually go to a, you know the library, uh, I'm, some yeah, might be open, it's not the but same. yeah, right. So yeah, there are different different ways to jump into this, and I think because winter is coming, I'm starting to. Um, list out some things that I, I want to do, getting a Kindle reading fiction, just like what you were saying. I read a lot of nonfiction. I read a lot of articles and that's not the same as fiction. Um, yeah. It's, you know, and anything, especially right now is, um, it's a very difficult, challenging time, not just with the pandemic, but the 
you know, the political world and yeah, it's a time that fiction might be a nice um, escape or a way to, to manage some anxiety that comes along with it. Take a break. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, another thing I love to do, and I don't know, I guess we can decide right now or ask our expert whether this falls into intellectual wellness, but like a good podcast, mm. you know, is, is always nice. And there's so many different well, here we are on a podcast, but, you know, to listen to, um, you know, other people in the space who talk about different and interesting things. And I, I started my podcast during like years ago, listening to more like the moth radio, which is short stories, um, or this American life, which is a classic. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, just getting into like, I just hearing other people's stories right now, Mm -hmm. um and getting outside of the moment is like such a good thing about intellectual wellness is like mm -hmm. if you can and have the motivation you know it can really be helpful to disconnect mm -hmm. you know well and something else um uh, you know uh, books and podcasts but there's also so many documentaries out there and um Finding someone like, um, oh, uh, Kermit the Frog, um, Jim Henson. Oh my, Jim, Jim Henson. Henson. So watching, like, I love watching documentaries on him and what his creative process was. And um, Charles Schultz, you know, Charlie Brown, these are oh, all my yeah. childhood, um, you know, that was, that was my world. And I still love that to be part of my world. So watching not just watching, you know, the holiday specials all the time, but um, watching documentaries about their their process and their different. Oh um, yeah, YouTube has so many, uh, and you all, my um, my memory. I don't know if this in my concentration, thanks to um, anxiety and depression. Um, fail me so much. I cannot remember the name of this series, but it goes over so many different artists and, um, Oh, like art 21. Um, Have you heard of that? There is that, um, there is that I haven't looked at that one. Um, but there's an Academy series that goes over, you know, different writers, uh, movie editors, the whole design world. Um, and they're little 10 minute videos that are just they're all munchable. Is that the word people use now? Munchable? Um, I, I think it's a different word. I am killing this podcast here, everyone. Digestible. <laughs> Digestible. I, I Snackable is the word you're looking for. <laughs> Snackable. That's it. Thank you, Dante. Um, they're so easy to watch and they're inspiring in little bursts. And uh, so I never thought about that before, but that is part of my intellectual wellness. I hear you on that and I love there's a podcast called long form which mm. talks about it interviews journalists and they talk about their process of writing so it's something for me about hearing creative people whether it's a writer mm -hmm. an actor an artist talk about their process of how they get to their work it's always something that inspires me mm -hmm. and helps me yeah like want to dig into my own things a little bit more so yeah, that's really, that's a good recommendation. And I think, you know, especially when you're feeling, you know, when you're feeling the winter blues or mm -hmm. just plain old depression, 
um, it really can be hard to get motivated. So, you know, kind of these low, low. Is this where we're so, at? Yep. <laughs> Sorry, Dante. You're getting some, um, everybody's getting some good live examples of uh, the time we're living in right now. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. <laughs> yeah, sorry about this. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but I am very much, uh, especially after this discussion uh, of our own intellectual wellness, um, talking to our expert, Dr. Lindholm, um, who might be able to help out with, with some of this, not just us, but our listeners, um, the important folks. So, uh, we ready to bring her on? Yeah. Let's yeah. talk to Dr. Lindholm about how we can be intellectually well. Dr. Wendy Linderholm is the Director of Behavioral Medicine in the Family Medicine Residency Program at the Memorial Care Long Beach Medical Center, where she focuses on full mind-body spiritual healing. She holds degrees in clinical health psychology from Allent International University in Los Angeles, California, and completed a three-year postdoctoral training program in behavioral health and in family medicine and oncology, followed by a fellowship in behavioral health and family systems education. Currently, Dr. Linderholm treats patients at the Family Medicine Center on the campus of the Long Beach Medical Center. Dr. Linderholm has cared for patients across broad spectrums of medicine, including neurology, Huntington's disease, HIV, oncology, disaster mental health, and works act actively with the LGBTQ community. She also teaches physicians how to assess patients for and how to treat mental illness. Dr. Linderholm supports doctors and patients on their journey to build resiliency. She also works one-on-one -on -one with physicians to create a healthy balance for their own stressful careers. Dr. Linderholm practices balance in her personal life with her favorite leisure activity, racing Hawaiian outdigger canoes in the open ocean. Dr. Linderholm, thanks so much for joining us today. And racing Hawaiian outriggers, you're the perfect person to talk about how we you know, facilitate our intellectual wellness. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So I'll jump in right with our first question that we have. Um, so I don't think we necessarily think of intellectual wellness right away when we think about creating a, a wellness plan, but can you talk a little bit about how finding creative outlets and having hobbies um, can really help support people's wellness? Sure, the thing that comes up for me first is, is that Depression often comes with this negative mental filter, right? So that everything that you see is yuck. Um, and that pursuing anything outside of that helps us challenge that filter or see, like purposely bring a different filter. Um, so whether it's arts and crafts, if it's learning something new with your body, so physically exercise stuff or language or whatever, um, it challenges that negative mental filter that everything is awful. And so I think that kind of above everything is why it's helpful. That's a really, I never thought about that, but what a way to force yourself into mindfulness because you can't concentrate on, on 
on two things at once. You just have to do the one, the instructions of how to make um, potholders or whatever you're doing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's yeah, great. Because you're so right. I think when we do get to, you know, good intellectual activities, they really can shift the way we think. It's just, it's hard with the negative mental filter of depression for folks. Do you have any thoughts on um, uh, what might be an easy, you know, this is looking at creative outlets, hobbies. Do you have any ideas of how someone might get into um, starting a creative activity? I do. I am a big fan of easy does it, easy gets it done. So mm -hmm. going for the simplest, easiest thing, like if just watching someone else do the crafts helps mm -hmm. kind of get your pump primed, there's like, that's perfect. Like there's a reason we all love TikTok. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. there's, we're watching 30 to 60 second videos of someone else making a bench and it's so satisfying, right? So that alone just kind of helps prime us to think about like, oh, what could we do? Neurologically speaking, we have these things called mirror neurons in our motor cortex. Have you guys heard of those? I have, but you should <laughs> keep talking. <laughs> so mirror neurons are in your motor cortex. So the part of our brain that tells our body to do things, but mirror neurons are not about sending our muscles to do something. It's about watching other people's muscles do things. So what happens is if the, the study was, if they put two chimpanzees in front of each other, one chimpanzee had an ice cream cone and it licked the cone. The, the chimpanzee that didn't have an ice cream cone his mirror neurons of licking fired as if he was doing it. I never so, have to exercise again. <laughs> it doesn't do the work down here. Oh. <laughs> but what it does is it primes your brain to be like, that's what, that's what the physical self would look like if I was doing that. That's why we often match the bodies of the person in front of us. Like when we're talking, we end up standing the same or oh. sitting the same. It's because our mirror neurons are saying, oh, do the same thing as the person in front of us. So just watching videos like YouTube, TikTok, whatever, of people doing those things help get us thinking about that. And it actually helps prime our muscles to do that. So if you're in that place of like, I can't even get out of bed, this is a great place to start. So purposely choosing something positive to head towards. That is, uh, well, and that's something I mentioned earlier is I've, the macrame thing I, for, for two years, I've wanted to start this and, you know, I lost, um, I don't know, several months. I, I thought, no, I'm going to do that. But then I started watching YouTube videos again, like a hundred of them in yeah. bed. So that is the exact scenario <laughs> that you just described. But yeah, the next step is I went and I bought stuff. And so if I just keep watching these videos, then maybe I'll actually do it. And it's so soothing just to watch. I mean, this goes back to Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers days when they showed. I mean, I still remember the video on how to make crayons. That was one of my. That's favorite. the one I think of too. Yeah. So I cool. love that one. <laughs> but yeah, watching anybody do anything, baking, cooking. There's this um, random candy maker that I follow on YouTube, mm. and it's just fascinating to watch people do things. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think another thing we were talking about, you know, in the first part is like, I like hearing about other people's creative process, you know, whether that's a podcast about 
how a writer writes or inside the actor studio about how an actor acts. So I think, you know, with depression, the motivation piece is the challenge here. I think with starting no new things, but I love that you said this about the mirroring. I mean, it really does give us a better way to access this. I think if we're feeling helpless or not as motivated. Yeah. Right. And if we're talking about shame, that anything that can get you closer to where you want to be, but without shame and blame and like what I call shooting all over yourself, I should do this. I should get out of bed. I should shower more. Like I watched a video and it was helping my mirror neurons. (laughs) Good enough for today. Um, Where can we print t-shirts that say that? Um, Or pajamas, maybe. Pajamas. Pajamas. It must be soft and have elastic waists. That's for sure. For sure. Best part of working from distance. Yes. (laughs) Um, So I guess when I, you know, when we talk about intellectual wellness, we think about, you know, going to art museums um, or plays. And of course we can't do that right now because of COVID. And in fact, things are spiking again and making um, the mayor in Chicago just put another 30 day in home order. So uh, extra, extra uh, restricted now. So do you have any ideas on how we might rethink this area, especially during this challenging time when we need some of this stuff the most? Uh, I don't think it's anything new. I think a lot of lists came out at the beginning of the pandemic about museums that you can visit virtually. Um, I think online streaming services have really upped their game on live performance recordings mm-hmm. that they're putting out. Um, so Broadway and plays are, are a little bit more accessible. So if that stuff fits, I think it's great. I think the idea of making your own and doing something little or silly in your own house Um, So the art assignment on YouTube, which is a PBS free resource, um, she talks a lot about doing the art in your own home and really simple. So five minute, 12 minute videos. Um, One of the ones I really like was about six months ago talking about remembering art that gives you comfort. And she went through and just Google image searched her favorite pieces of art, printed them and made her own little flip book to like retouch base with those things like really pretty simple like made a little like white page flip book or you could do that in your house right like it's very easy to use painter's tape if you have like that blue roll of tape from some other project I have those (laughs) um and like fake a piece of art on the art that you already have right the frames that you already have up and then do an art walk around (laughs) No, just so you can, you can try different things like this house is an art walk and I'm going to invite my Zoom friends. We're going to have a happy hour anyway, but I'm going to Zoom them around, (laughs) move my camera around so that they can see my art or, right. So there's a lot of ways you can think about it, but it's being more mindful. Like you guys talked about, right. Just being in this moment, what's the art that I have up and why is that interesting to the people around me. But if I sit down and think about how I got that, why I got that, what it means to me, that can be a few minutes of like a meditation. It can be a whole hour of like journaling about it, or I can talk to my friends about how and why I got this and what it means. And then it's that museum experience. 
Mm. But with things that I've cultivated already, like even if it's the Ikea print that I got, I got Mm -hmm. it for a reason, Mm -hmm. separate than those other Ikea prints that were available. Right. And why? Yeah. And I guess, you know, something off of that too, um, in a museum, you would be looking at who, um, who did it. You might try to find other works that they've done. And so uh, we've got the internet for sure uh, that has a whole lot of stuff in it. And I bet you could find more um, pieces from this artist or see what their process was, as you know, Hannah was speaking to earlier, mm-hmm. where they're from, what their life was like. So that, you know, that is exactly intellectual wellness. So that's a really good idea. That's a really good idea. Great idea. And I want to do it because a little bit of a side hobby for me that has in the past supported my intellectual wellness is framing. Like I, I probably have over a hundred frame pieces in my house. So this is giving me a whole new idea about what Mm -hmm. I could do. I always think about like rehanging and like rearranging things. That might be something for this winter, you know, maybe. I love that idea though. That's so great. I think, you know, the, the art and the reason we have things in our house too, they, you know, if you don't think about it, I like this, this idea about rethinking about why you got the piece or journaling about it or yeah, just, you know, taking the, I think, you know, COVID is so frustrating, right? Cause I see the same apartment all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's like a, that's a kind of a dual thing where we can also help our environment feel a little different too, which mm-hmm. we still need to do the environmental episode. That'll be next, but <laughs> mm-hmm. well, the amount of times I've changed rooms since this yeah. started I'm like this piece of furniture needs to go over here yeah that's all of my art has is earmarks to get like whitewashed and repainted I don't have any painting skills but I can't stand <laughs> it anymore something's gonna happen yeah yeah and that's funny to think about in the beginning of the pandemic everybody was talking about you know well, I cleaned this closet. Well, I rearranged this and they were going, ordering things from the container store, Hannah, and um, starting to, to change some things. Maria, I need to do that. I never did that in the beginning of the pandemic. I latched on to, well, that's something. Um, I've been trying to cook more and um, definitely bake more and feels good. That's uh, um, an alchemy. It's a process of of changing things and creating and so that, that has been very helpful for me. I think I've talked about it every podcast. Uh, Hannah can probably attest. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cooking is, I think cooking is a great way to start, especially if you're not feeling well, because eating is something you do have to do. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you should be doing it at least once a day, especially when you're not feeling well. Um, but it's a, it's a nice place to start. Like, what do I already have? There's those websites where you can type in what the ingredients you have in your house already are and what is a recipe I can make with it. So you don't have to buy new stuff. You don't have to worry about ordering or ingredients or going to the store. You can just like, what can I make with spaghetti? And I think I have some spices and cottage cheese (laughs) or whatever. Yeah, no, I, I love that, that if, if algorithms have done one thing right, it is that. <laughs> it is what do I have in my pantry? And it's um, makes you feel like pioneer woman, not not the actual cook, but like I did something out of these three nonsensical ingredients. Mm-hmm. I don't totally. know, sense of pride. <laughs> I think I'm thinking about too. So, I mean, even outside of COVID, I think 
you know, we're kind of a time deprived society. You know, people feel like there's not enough time to do these things that make us feel good. I mean, what would you say to folks who, you know, aren't necessarily making time for their intellectual wellness? And maybe another question is, you know, if we don't make time for these things, yeah, can that worsen how we're feeling? Um, yeah, I, I think for sure it definitely is hard on us if we're not learning new things. We're built to explore and be curious. It's why we push boundaries. It's why we push due dates because we are always testing things. So we often, it's kind of like a dog, right? If a dog is left home alone without anything to do, they eat through walls, mm -hmm. right? Like they just, they destroy things when there's nothing creative or fun to do. And I think that humans do the same thing, but we get destructive in a lot more creative ways, mm. right? We, we yeah. start to numb out because we're not interested and we don't realize it because we're so busy and we're doing the same thing over and over again. So we think we're busy, we feel busy, but we're not curious. So then we start to overuse substances or habits to kind of bring that titillation back. And those mm -hmm. can be sometimes good, but a lot of times pretty gross, right? We overuse them and then we have all the bad things that happen when we overuse something. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just, I, that's what I worry about is that numbing out that we, we are busy and what I call in my family, the pressure of productivity. They're like, I'm busy. Look at me. I'm so busy yeah, doing yeah, things. Yeah. Like, don't ask me how I am. Let's not talk about feelings. I don't have, <laughs> I don't have feelings. I'm busy. I'm important. I'm doing things. And that we use that to get away from these uncomfortable feelings down in our bodies. And mindfulness at its best is not about being the monk on the mountaintop and meditating for 23 of the 24 hours and being perfect. It's about finding really small bits of time throughout every day to check in with your body. What's happening down below mm. anxiety, depression keeps us up in our heads, spinning in the chatter. And we, when we drop back down, like just that one breath, we start to realize that there's messages coming from down here, right? Our body has two ways to talk to us, pleasure and pain. We don't listen to pleasure and yeah. we barely listen to pain. So it gets louder and louder. So our job is to check back in and say, what was that? Oh, I have to go to the bathroom. I should go <laughs> to the bathroom, yeah. right? And just check in. And, and that gives us a sense of what we really need. Our body will tell us what we need. Are we lonesome? Are we bored? Do we need something else to do? do are we anxious because we haven't moved our body enough? Um, and then having these little tiny things that you could try are you know it's like giving a dog a bone give your brain something fun to do right yeah. not just work not just yeah, touch, yeah. Clicking well, the box. and this is making me uh think of something else you know parents we've talked about this in other podcasts uh poor parents who are having to work and be at home with their kids and teach them and everybody's exhausted and so how do you who has time for intellectual wellness you know and so I, I'm just trying to think of ways that, you know, maybe parents and kids, uh, caregivers and kids could do something together. I was talking earlier about 
cooking a meal um, that is different than your own culture and uh, listening to music that is something different. And that's that's a really easy way to connect with your kid and bring up a conversation about um, what this culture is and how, you know, what's fun about it, what's different, um, what's the same. That's lovely. Yeah. yeah. Do you have other thoughts that um, parents and kids might be able to do? I am not a parent, so I don't want to speak much to that. I know it's an insanely hard job. I always say it's the hardest job and most important job in the world, and we don't teach anybody how to do it. Yeah. Um, so people are just flying by the seat of their pants and doing the best they can. I think, again, my message is always going to be, be gentle with yourself. There's going to be days where like it's mac and cheese and hot dogs and that's the best we can do. Yeah. And then there's days where like, maybe we look up how to make like something from Morocco and listen to awesome music. And both of those are good. Yeah. Um, that it's not all the time. Like you're not running a Montessori school. That's fine. Yeah. Just (laughs) fed and clean is a heroic accomplishment and that's okay. Yeah. I, you know, we can't hear that message enough that, um, baby steps and we're okay. Like (laughs) we're not out murdering is to keep each other alive. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's, that's a big job. Right. We forget that keeping ourselves clean and fed is a full-time job. And then we've added in all of this other stuff, but that's a lot. And especially yeah. when you don't feel well, yes. as you know, that it can be an insurmountable obstacle to clean myself. If I'm only, I can feed, but I can't also clean. Yeah. Hence we have the, like, I haven't showered in multiple days. Who knows when I last brushed my teeth. Yeah. Yeah. That is I like uh, that at can definitely be a challenge. Um, we've heard that across the board in our organization. So, now, yeah. I wonder if you, I, I love what you were saying earlier about um, kind of like, I want to phrase it correctly back to you about pleasure, about reaching for pleasure within ourselves and how that can be hard to do. And it made me think of, you know, sometimes I feel like do I know how to relax? Like I ask myself that question. And especially during the pandemic when like everything's been all in my home and you know, you're trying to think about work life, personal life um, in the same spot and you really want leisure. Like, like how do I relax? How do I regenerate? But yeah, do you want us to say more about, about that reaching for pleasure? I'm just, I'm just curious. Yeah. I think it's, again, it's about dropping down into your body and noticing what's happening Um, we're biologically geared towards noticing pain because it keeps us safe, right? That if I touch a hot stove, I jerk my hand away. I don't have to think about it, but my body protects itself. Yeah. Um, pleasure doesn't really have a safety. Like it doesn't keep us safe. It's awesome. But so we don't, we don't prime to it as quickly. Um, and there's a lot of things that are neutral or good in our bodies so that, that we don't pay attention to. Uh, I always think about um, when you have a toothache, how it can just hijack the entire day. Like you cannot think, you Mm -hmm. cannot see, you can't be like kind to anyone in your path because you're like, it's just all consuming. But if you think about all the days that you didn't have a toothache, did you enjoy that? Yeah. 
<laughs> we don't enjoy that. We don't enjoy that. Like my mouth feels awesome right now. I don't have like a canker sore, like, but I can, if I purposely choose to drop down and be like, oh, that's a thing that I don't have. That's really nice. Like, I remember I had a, I twisted an ankle once and I don't have that. And it's really nice to walk back and forth in my house and it's easy, but it, like, it's a weird shift to think about that. It is. And I had, I think about pain like that all the time. Yeah. That, that's such a good analogy. I love that. Yeah. I had a friend that talked about, you know, the, when you have a headache, you can't remember what it's like when you didn't have a headache because you don't think about that. That, and you know, that brings up uh, gratitude too. The other thing we can't talk about enough is thank God I don't have a, a toothache right now or a headache or a twisted ankle. So yeah, that's a, that's a real twofer. Yeah, it just feels like, yeah, reframing for us to, yeah, feel the appreciation for what is not bad. But yeah, when, you know, depression and lack of motivation take over, it can be hard to not just run that pain narrative, like on a script, you know, so. Right. Yeah. It's back to that mental filter of that depression itself is a mental filter of everything is always bad. Everything has always been bad is an actual like criteria of depression. That's part of the diagnosis. So it's very common for most people to have that. And pain is the same. I'm in pain. I've always been in pain. It's never going to go away. And even in a moment of pain, we can find other parts that aren't in pain. So even in that moment of suffering, we can find a place like it's only my left thumb, but that left thumb is kicking she's just doing her own thing over here <laughs> and finding a way to bring our attention to the thing that is at least neutral is part of challenging that filter again even if I'm in excruciating pain over here yeah I can also purposely draw my attention to something that is neutral or pleasurable that's um I have never tried anything like that um that is a that, really that, good yeah, yeah, Wait, you've yeah. probably heard it before, but you've heard the opposite. If you've had a parent that you complain to about something um, and you're like, oh, my head hurts. And they say, oh, do you want me to hit your thumb with a hammer to make it better? <laughs> is, this, is this just my like ranching family's solution? No, I can make something else worse and you'll focus yeah. on that. Yeah. <laughs> Turn yeah. that puppy on its head. <laughs> <laughs> well, and this also makes me think of... Um, I know Brene Brown has talked about it. A lot of people have talked about if you, when you're so busy blocking out um, pain, you know, emotional pain and um, you, you can't feel joy because you, you can't just, um, mm -hmm. you can't separate those two. So you have to be able to feel everything um, in order to feel one thing. Yeah. Absolutely. We do so much, especially when we have histories of trauma we do so much blocking to keep those horrible feelings that especially live in our bodies away from our awareness because yeah. it's overwhelming. We, we don't realize that we're missing all the joy and the pleasure. And that means all the pleasure, just the niceness of the day, how soft and comfy clothes feel, certainly with like other types of pleasure with your partners. Um, we lose all of that. And then we wonder why we have such profound sexual dysfunction, why we have relationship problems, because we can't feel the joy Hmm. And that the healing from depression and trauma is really about reconnecting our heads and our bodies 
teaching ourselves that we are capable of holding onto those big, scary emotions, because what comes back with it is joy and pleasure. We could do a whole other series on trauma and feelings. <laughs> it's so, I think, I thank you for bringing it up. I just think, yeah, that's something we don't talk enough about in terms of mental health, how mental mm-hmm. health can really manifest in your body. Mm-hmm. And what to do with that? Because it, it certainly, I know for some folks can be paralyzing. So mm-hmm. probably another podcast, but that, <laughs> yeah, that's an important conversation to be having. And just yeah. kind of as a warning, if people are listening to this and thinking like, oh, well, just open up the channel between my head and my body. <laughs> it can be very overwhelming. Do it carefully and slowly, preferably do it with someone you feel safe with. Um, but just a reminder is that what happens is that pleasure doesn't come back automatically. Um, It's not like all of a sudden you open it up and then like, oh, I can feel softness again. It's um, a little bit like when your hand goes to sleep and the first feelings that come back are intensely painful and prickly emotions are the same. When it comes back, it's intense. That's why we like you to be with someone that you trust and is safe and it can help guide you um, through it because it's it's tough, Um, but it it goes away and it can resolve. What a great analogy. Is this the third time you've blown my mind in the past 30 minutes? I, that, what a great analogy. Seven at least. Yeah, my jaw has been dropped. Our audience can't see, but my jaw has dropped. <laughs> Mine too. Mine too. Uh, this has been absolutely fantastic. And I, I just know our community is going to enjoy listening to um this whole thing. And I hope that all their jaws are dropping as well and mind blown. So thank you so much for, for joining us today. Yeah, it's been an honor. I really, uh, you know, support associations are my, my heart and I'm just so happy to be here with you. Yeah. That's amazing. Thanks so much. And we'll see the rest of you next month.